Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Intersex podcast. The title of this podcast is The Worst Thing Society Does to Intersex People, a fairly self-explanatory title. I was thinking about this and I felt compelled to um, convey my perspective on the matter because I was thinking about it and I was thinking about the harsh reality of it and it was really bothering me so I wanted to sort of get it off my chest so to speak. So before I get to what I believe the worst thing our society does to intersex people is I'll run through some of the other things it does um, because the fact that all of this stuff is happening forms part of the collective unconscious. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in earlier podcasts or not but anything which is relegated to the collective unconscious has to be brought back into the light of consciousness and integrated. This is Jungian psychology. So society's abuses of intersex people go back quite a long way. The abuse of people hitherto known as hermaphrodites in fact goes all the way back to ancient Sumeria and there are mentions in ancient Sumerian texts of intersex people being drowned uh, because they were intersex and there were a variety of abuses throughout history although information is scant and there are large gaps in the sort of history of hermaphroditeism where nothing is really recorded in uh, the records of history. So it isn't really until you get to the 20th century that things began to take a different sort of turn. And because of advancements in the medical profession and advancements in science in general, an entirely new approach began to be taken towards people who at that time were still known as hermaphrodites. The word intersex wasn't uh, created until around halfway through the 20th century. And what began to happen in the 20th century was around halfway through the 20th century when medical and scientific advancements were very much um, on the increase. The approach of dealing with hermaphrodites slash intersex people was to begin surgically altering them to try and make them more like normal, in inverted commas, men or women. Now, there was one individual in particular, his name escapes me at this moment, I don't know it off the top of my head, but there was one individual in particular who was one of the key names in the creation of the surgical approach to dealing with intersex people. Uh, His name escapes me, but this isn't a history lesson, that's not the purpose of this podcast. So the surgical approach to dealing with intersex people was created in the 20th century and it was at this point that a large number of hermaphrodites slash intersex people began to be forcibly sterilised. Now, there are a few different things which can be said about this. The medical profession claims that a large number of hermaphrodites slash intersex people don't have any reproductive ability, although there are many intersex activists who would disagree with this and say that there is potential for reproduction there. Either way, whether they know 100% that 
any intersex person has absolutely no reproductive ability whatsoever, is highly dubious in at least some cases, but the common approach towards dealing with many intersex human beings in the 20th century was to sterilise them and remove what semblance of a reproductive system they had. So that's one of the things which they came up with. But that isn't the worst thing. The other approach which they came up with was to carry out these so-called normalising surgeries. The vast overwhelming majority of these surgeries were medically unnecessary and were being done for entirely cosmetic and or psychosocial reasons. I have covered this in other podcasts. The abuses are quite far-ranging. The number of different intersex variations that are altered surgically are, are numerous. I don't want to run through all of them because there's around 30 plus intersex variations but suffice to say um, operations are done on a person's genitalia. Sometimes this can go badly wrong and sensitivity is reduced drastically and or the person is left scarred, uh, things are left uh, badly infected, etc, etc. Then there's the issue of removing things on the inside and sterilising people, as I just mentioned, and the whole thing is just generally repugnant and reeks of eugenics. But again, this isn't the worst thing. Also, bear in mind that all of what I've just mentioned the normalising surgeries, it creates enormous shame within the person. It's, it's basically a purging. It, it like purges the doctors involved of their suppressed shame and neuroticism relating to their own gender identity and projects it onto intersex people. And it's, it's basically being done on behalf of society as well. So it's like a purging. It's an attempt to purge society of its collective neurosis. Uh, relating to gender identity. So the insecurities that most people feel relating to being men or women, it's, it's sort of unconsciously projected on to intersex people. It's like a mass purging of shame and all of that shame is dumped on intersex people. But again, that's not the worst thing. The medical photography of intersex people is another absolutely sickening and repugnant chapter in the history of intersex people. Very young children and babies are photographed at obviously ridiculously young ages. I've just said that they're babies. A large amount of this has found its way onto the internet and recently I was shocked and sickened to discover that a certain amount of it has actually found its way onto YouTube. YouTube, and I discovered that there were around, I think, at least 25 videos on YouTube which showed photographs of the genitalia of intersex children. Mostly these videos just contained still photographs, however there were a few which actually contained videos of live surgery. This horrified me, it sickened me, it sickens me because it's dehumanising. Under no circumstances whatsoever would this be tolerated for one single second if it was a non-intersex child that was being photographed. Everybody would create a public outcry, but because it's being done to intersex children, 
it's tolerated and people turn and look in the opposite direction and that's why I said at the start of this video this contributes towards the overall collective unconscious. What I'm endeavouring to do here is shine a spotlight on that and get people to look at what they are trying to sweep under the carpet, for want of a better term. The next thing is to offer women the opportunity to abort their pregnancy if it turns out that the baby she is carrying is intersex. Now this one was a relatively recent one because the technologies required to detect this in utero are obviously fairly sophisticated advanced technologies. This wasn't available decades ago but nowadays the technology is such that it is possible to tell whilst a woman is pregnant whether the embryo is going to have certain conditions, certain variations, certain differences. There are a few of them that they're able to detect in utero. Down syndrome is one and there are certain intersex variations which can also be detected whilst a woman is pregnant and the medical profession offer women the opportunity to abort these fetuses simply because they are intersex. Now, I don't know that much about the subject of how women are greeted when they first approach the medical profession to ask for an abortion, but the idea that somebody is allowed the opportunity to do this based on the physical characteristics or potential physical characteristics of the baby they are carrying is extremely disturbing to me. Actually that's a bit of an understatement. To say that I, I find it disturbing is um, something of an understatement. I basically see this as eugenics as well. The person is essentially aborting a fetus for having certain physical characteristics. The reason it's being done is because the child is intersex or hermaphrodite, whichever way you want to look at it, and that's not a viable reason. I have to wonder just how far the medical profession are willing to take this. If they found a way of detecting what eye colour the baby was going to have and a woman said, well, I only want a child that's got blue eyes. If the fetus has either brown eyes or green eyes, then I want to have an abortion. Would they go along with that? I'm just curious to know exactly how far the medical profession would take it or if the child had black hair or, you know, any physical characteristic that the mother didn't want. I wonder how far the medical profession would take it. Essentially what I'm getting at here is that the termination of a pregnancy because the fetus is intersex is the termination of a pregnancy based on the physical and harmless physical characteristics of the child and that's eugenics. But again, this isn't the worst thing that our society has done to intersex people. I'm now about to tell you what the overall worst thing our society has done to intersex people is. And it's to deny that all of what I've previously mentioned in this podcast is harmful and destructive and abusive. For someone like myself to have had approximately four different non-consensual surgeries carried out on their body before the age of eight, 
to have been paraded in front of dozens of doctors, have dozens of adult doctors looking at my private parts, touching my private parts, to have a glass dilator inserted into my body whilst under anaesthetic at the age of four, to have a vaginoplasty carried out on me at age four, to have what slim chance at reproduction I might have had taken away from me in the form of a sterilisation at age four, to be taken into hospital and have all sorts of tests carried out on me over the course of one week without my consent and without even knowing what was going on, to be put through the severe and extreme separation anxiety I was put through at age four when I was taken from my mother to have a dangerous chemical like chloroform used on me in the anaesthetic that they gave me when I was four years old, to have probably, in all likelihood, medical photographs taken of me without my consent and without me even knowing it, to be denied going through puberty in a natural way and have to wait until I am well into adulthood before I even get an opportunity to get the hormones that I have to take because of their actions sorted out to any great degree, to go through all of that and at the end of it all still have people in the medical profession claiming that nothing has been done wrong and that the medical profession's conduct towards people like myself has been absolutely unimpeachable, just absolutely defies comprehension. The medical profession's approach to intersex people slash hermaphrodites is nothing short of eugenics. Everybody knows that it's eugenics. Everybody knows that it's motivated by seeing people like myself as less human than the rest of the population and yet it's still allowed to continue. And the steadfast denial of all of the human rights abuses that I have described in this podcast is the absolute worst thing of all that our society does to intersex people.